Isaiah says or writes, and righteousness, Isaiah 11, 5, will be the belt around his hips and faithfulness the belt around his waist. And the wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion will feed together. And a little child will lead them. And the cow and the bear will graze and their young will lie down together. And a lion will eat strong like an ox and nursing child will play over the snake's hole and toddlers will reach right over the serpent's den. And they will not harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. And the earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord just as the water covers the sea. So, I want to begin with this statement. I don't believe we lack information in the spiritual journey. I think we lack imagination. I don't think we lack information. We lack imagination. Think of how many Bibles you may own. I've got a number in my house. I know that brings you great comfort. I figure that I probably should. It comes with the territory, right? How many Bible studies have you attended in your lifetime? How many sermons have you heard? In my 31 years of pastoral ministry, I've done the math. I have prepared and preached approximately 1,400 sermons. As my kids like to say, that's like writing a paper once a week. It's not information we lack. We have plenty of it. I think it's the courage and the resolve to imagine a different world, a reimagined world, a a reconfigured world based on what we know and what we have heard and what we have studied. This is why we have prophets. Prophets very rarely tell us anything new. They simply remind us of what is most important. And they often remind us of what we already know, but what we have forgotten. That's why you often see in the Old Testament the word remember. Remember, remember, remember. Thus says the Lord, the prophets, don't forget this. And in fact, remember it and now reimagine what your world and this world could look like based on this. Prophets help us envision a different world. They help us reimagine a world based on their vision, their dream, what they imagine. It's this prophetic imagination that spurs us to see life from this radically different point of view. They're like poets. I don't know how many of you like poetry or read poetry or admit to it, if that's the case. But in the last year or so, I have started reading more poetry. And it has been amazing to me of how poetry has opened up my eyes and my heart and soul in ways that I never thought would. Has sort of brought a new understanding, a new vision. Has sort of helped me reimagine the world in a different way. Poet, uh, prophets are like poets. They don't often speak literally, but they speak directly to our hearts, to the condition of the world. They write and speak in a way that sort of cuts through our sleepiness and our staleness. It gives us pictures of life that looks much different. Isaiah gives us a picture, helps us imagine what life in our world can look like as we walk in God's light. The earth is filled with the knowledge of the Lord, he writes. This isn't theory or head knowledge. This is this knowing, this kind of knowing where we know God in a more intimate way. And God's ways becomes our way. And information is transformed into a different way of living. And the vision we are given, the pictures we are given, is nothing short of amazing. This is where the pictures are important. A wolf lives with a lamb. A leopard lies down with a young goat. A calf 
and a young lion will feed together. A cow and a bear graze together. A child will play right over a snake's hole and not be bit. This morning in Sunday school, Ray Meadows said, I can't wait to hear how that happens. I don't know what plans you have for your grandkids, but I'm not going to be part of that, all right? But that's the thing. We're not making it practical. It's very impractical. It doesn't make sense. It's a completely reconfiguration of relationships. It's counterintuitive. It's completely different than we could ever imagine. Wolves living with lambs, leopards with goats, calves, lions feeding together, a cow and a, bra- cow and a bear graze together, a child plays with a snake right over its hole, and nothing happens. The prophet says it's a different world. It's a whole different creation inaugurated by God's light and shown to us by God's light and inaugurated by Jesus and living in the way of Jesus. And then Isaiah says this, they will not harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. The earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the water covers the sea. The invitation Isaiah gives us is to imagine a world in which we are no longer harming or destroying one another. Some translations will put harm or kill. And we might let ourselves off the hook because we certainly say, well, I'm not going to kill anyone. But let's just sort of stay with this image for a little bit. How often do I harm or hurt or destroy someone with my words? How often do I intentionally seek to harm or hurt or destroy someone with how I treat them? with how I ignore them, with how I exclude them, with how I berate them. How often is violence committed because it started with a war of words at an intersection? Someone gets cut off. They get out of the car. They yell at this person. This person yells at that. When next thing you know, someone reaches under the seat and pulls out a gun, and someone's dead. It always starts with that war of words that leads to acts of violence. And Isaiah says this, I want to paint you a picture. And this picture is this. There will be a time, and this time can be now, in which they will not harm or destroy anywhere anymore. This time of our Advent, we anticipate that time, and we see the time has come in the person of Jesus. Jesus Jesus is this knowledge of the Lord that fills the earth. And when we look at Jesus, we see how life is intended to be. When we see Jesus, we see God's rule and reign in action. And when we see Jesus, we see one who refused to harm or destroy or even warned us that our words could even kill. There was a Quaker years ago, in fact, early 1800s years ago, by the name of Edward Hicks painted a picture called the Peaceable Kingdom. Anybody ever seen that picture? Do you have that? Some of you probably have that picture in your house or apartment or you've seen it. It was a painting in which he took the images from Isaiah 11 and he incorporated them into this picture. He had, in one version, William Penn in the background um, having creating a peace treaty with the Native Americans. In the front, he had a child, and he had lambs, and he had wolves, and he had lions, and he had snakes, and he had this image of of what he saw as this redeemed humanity. He painted a picture of folks seeing that of God in one another. 
a painting of physical and spiritual barriers being broken down and people living in peace. This is what Edward Hicks painted. It's what he saw. It's what he imagined. It's what he hoped could be real. He painted 61 versions of this, as I read. Not just one, but 61. I think it's like he kept on reimagining how it could be different, how we could see it, and where it could be different in each context of his life. Now, we say 61 versions of this painting. That's a lot of versions. Did he not feel like he got it right? I don't know. But when I thought about that, I thought, well, there's more than 61 versions, or there's the possibility of more than 61 versions. You are a version of this peaceable kingdom. I am a version of this peaceable kingdom. We bring into this world our ability to paint a different picture, to paint a different world, to imagine what it could look like based on Isaiah's vision, based on Isaiah's imagination, based on our imagination, and based on what we see and know as we live in the light of Jesus. Erwin McManus is an author and pastor who wrote a book called The Artisan's Soul. And here's what he has to say. When our souls are informed by human emotions that reflect the worst in us, we find ourselves creating a world that not even we ourselves would want to live in. When our inner world is filled with bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, envy, greed, and lust, then the darkness inside creates a dark world around us. But when the human spirit is shaped by the highest human virtues, such as love, kindness, goodness, joy, and gentleness, we can and we create a beautiful world. And we know these virtues by walking in the light of the Lord and in the way of Jesus. And that's what Isaiah says at the end of part of chapter 2 that I read last week. Walk in the light of the Lord. And when we walk in the light of the Lord, I believe we're walking in the way of Jesus. And when we walk in the way of Jesus, I believe we're walking in the way that God intended this world to be. You and I are versions of this peaceable kingdom. We are the artists, if you will, that can paint a different world, a different version of what we now live in, wherever that might be. Henry Nouwen, a Catholic priest who wrote um, uh, very beautifully on the spiritual life, has since passed away. I want to read this quote, another one. But this has always helped me understand what it looks like to bring the peaceable kingdom down to daily living. Here's what he writes. The marvelous vision of the peaceable kingdom in which all violence has been overcome and all men and women and children live in loving unity with nature calls for its realization in our day-to-day lives. And here's what he says. Instead of being an escapist dream, it challenges us to anticipate what it promises. Every time we forgive our neighbor, every time we make a child smile, Every time we show compassion to a suffering person, every time we arrange a bouquet of flowers, we offer care to tame or wild animals, we prevent pollution, create beauty in our, har- in our homes and gardens, we work for peace and justice among peoples and nations, we are making the vision come true. We must remind one another constantly of the vision. Whenever it comes alive in us, we will find new energy to live it out right where we are. Instead of making us escape real life, this beautiful vision gets us involved. And it's counterintuitive. 
It's much different than we could ever imagine. It's like a wolf living with a lamb. It's like a leopard lying down with a goat, a calf and a lion feeding together. It's like a child hanging out over the hole of a snake's den and not getting bit. No more fear. No more desire to harm. No more desire to destroy. The choice to live a different way. Yesterday, Linda and I pulled the first shift um, collecting money for uh, Salvation Army over here at Walmart. Um, and it was about 10 o'clock, and you know, we, were, we were getting our ringing on and uh, ringing right away. First guy to come through, very first one, about 10.05, stops. And he puts a little bit of change into the bucket. And he looks up, he says, you people are everywhere. And I didn't know whether he meant Lynn and I or he meant Quakers or he didn't know we were Quakers, but he meant Salvation Army. And he said kind of jokingly, he says, you people are everywhere. And he says, every time I see a Salvation Army bucket or Salvation Army, I give. I said, well, Merry Christmas. And we both thanked him. He said, years ago, he says, I came back from Vietnam. I'm a veteran of Vietnam. And I found myself homeless and living on the street with no hope. And he said it was the Salvation Army that found me and picked me up and gave me hope. And he says, I am who I am today because of the Salvation Army. And he dropped his change and he says, I, every chance I get, I give to what they do. And he walked on. We said, Merry Christmas. I could have been done for the rest of the day. I could have lived with that for the rest of the day. The power of one organization to make sure that we live in a peaceable kingdom. Years ago, found this man, helped him, and here he is today giving back in his own small way. That's how it happens, folks. That's where it gets done. In those very small interactions of our daily living where we are willing to go out of our way and to help the hurting and the broken, and to bring this peaceable kingdom to bear in our life and in our world. Edward Hicks painted 61 versions of this painting. I suspect he painted 61 versions because he felt like not one version would do. It just went on and on and on. I think these versions continue on in your life, in my life. So what kind of world are we going to paint What kind of world are we going to imagine? What kind of world are you and I going to create?